0: How many of you have your Christmas lights up, either on your house or in your yard or inside your house? There's something about Christmas and lights. I wonder if anyone has more than the 25,000 Clark Griswold put <laughs> up. I mean, he was determined to win the Christmas light competition by having more luminaries than his neighbors. Well, this season is filled with lights. Our Jewish friends and neighbors began an eight-day celebration of light called Hanukkah on Thursday night. And at its core, Hanukkah is a reminder of how God did a miracle by providing enough oil for eight days over 2,000 years ago. And this act of God came after God had preserved Israel from extinction by giving the Maccabees victory over a hostile enemy and allowed them to rededicate their temple, which had been desecrated by the Greeks. If you'd like to learn more about what is happening in Israel and a biblical perspective of that, I highly recommend our latest 4G podcast. It features an interview between Pastor Kyle and Jared Hall. Jared was here uh, tonight about the events taking place in Israel and Gaza. Uh, next week, Jared will be speaking about Israel and prophecy. And you can listen to that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Amazon Music. If you want to get there easily, just go to our website and follow the links. Well, lights and Christmas seem to go together. I like how Pastor Chad and his wife Becky decorated our platform with displays of light. Our Edge Kids choir certainly shine like lights, didn't they? And I love how our children's ministry team partners with parents, many of you are parents or grandparents, to make little disciples. And to help families with faith formation, we make resources available here out at our cafe and I want you to be aware of a couple. If you're looking for a Bible for children, highly recommend the Jesus Storybook Bible. It's available out at the cafe and Christmas Promise Storybook. Speaking of lights, we'll be having our Christmas Eve services here at Edgewood. We'll have four of them. All of them will have nursery and children's ministry. So it's basically our regular weekend schedule, Saturday night at 5, Sunday at 9, and 1045, Sunday's Christmas Eve. But we've also added a 1 p.m. service, and we'll be ending those services with candle lighting. Well, as we continue in our series that we're calling Beyond or Before Bethlehem, we've been in the opening verses of the Gospel of John, and we're gonna see that Jesus is life and Jesus is light. If you're able, I'm gonna invite you to stand, and we're gonna read a section of God's word together. Uh, John chapter one, verses four through nine. Let's read together. In him was life. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. if you just remain standing, I want us to pray the prayer the Lord taught his disciples to pray, and we're going to use the more traditional version, and then, After we pray that, I want to lead in prayer for our next children's ministry director and administrative pastor. Several of us leaders will get a status update from the search group we're partnering with later this week. I also want us to pray for our Go Team partners in South Asia. Uh, They've been there for six years and they just started two months ago their first worship service. So let's pray the prayer the Lord taught his disciples. Amen. Would you remain standing as I pray? God, we thank you that you've assembled us here tonight. Thank you that Mac is doing okay. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the message we've already heard through song. And Lord, we thank you for the many years of ministry that Sheila Kershak has had pouring in to students and young people here at Edgewood and how she's continuing to do that. Lord, we do pray that you would provide our next children's ministry director and administrative pastor. Lord, thank you for our Go Team partners scattered around the globe tonight, strategically placed to be gospel witnesses, to be light In our dark world, Lord, we thank you for our partners in South Asia. Lord, we pray for this new church that's just started. Would you multiply it and grow it all for your glory? Holy Spirit, be our teacher now. And we pray in Jesus' name and all God's people Said, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Well, because the word life is used twice in this passage, and you'll notice the word light is used seven different times, we can conclude that John is building off a connection to the book of Genesis. Well, he did the same thing in verse one, where we were last week, and in the beginning was the Word. So the Bible begins in the book of Genesis, it's all about the creation of life. and you may recall, in verses three and four, we see that light was created first, and God said, "Let there be light." And there was light. And God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. And so last week we learned how Jesus had his birth in Bethlehem, but not his beginning. Why? Well, because he's always been. Our main idea today is this. Jesus brings life into our deadness and light into our darkness. Let's look first at life bringing light Verse four, in him was life, and the life was the light of man. John chose the Greek word zoe, which refers to real life, as distinct from the word bios, which just speaks of natural life. John used the word life 36 different times in his gospel. And the second time he uses it here, he uses the definite article the, to show that Jesus is the true life. That's the idea behind John eleven twenty five, 25, where Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. So when we were born, we received physical life. When we're born again, we receive spiritual life. Both come from him. And so when Jesus gives you real life, the light comes on for you. I'm reminded of Psalm 27.1, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? In Matthew 17.2, at his transfiguration, Peter, James, and John caught a glimpse of the true light of Jesus when his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. In Revelation 1.16, John describes Jesus' face like the sun shining in Full strength. I wonder what that was like. Revelation twenty two sixteen refers to him as the bright morning star. So Jesus brings life into our deadness, and maybe that's you tonight. You just feel dead, flat. And he brings light into our darkness. Notice next how light exposes darkness. I'm in verse five. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness is not overcome it the word shines is in the present tense meaning it continually shines it never ceases think with me of genesis chapter 3 when darkness spiritual darkness spilled into our world and it can only be removed by the lord who is life and light That word overcome means to lay hold of, to seize, or to grasp. It was used in the sport of wrestling to refer to getting pinned. John is saying that it is impossible for darkness to pin light to the mat. You see, darkness by its very nature refuses to come into the light because darkness and light, well, they're mutually exclusive. If you have one, you cannot have the other. And those in darkness cannot readily understand the Lord, who is life and light. So darkness, by definition, isn't even a thing, because it's only the absence of light. So darkness cannot do anything to light, and you can't add more of it to a room. Without light, darkness simply takes over. Ah, but in the presence of light, darkness flees. And the good news is that when we lean on the Lord of light, we won't remain in darkness. Jesus said in John 12, 46, I've come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. While on maneuvers, the captain of a battleship noticed a light in the dark. It was a foggy night, but he could make out a light. And he realized that he was about to crash into another vessel and so the captain instructed signal that ship we are on a collision course advise you change course 20 degrees the return signal countered advisable for you to change course 20 degrees the captain signaled back i'm a captain change course 20 degrees the response back was i'm a seaman second class You better change your course 20 degrees. Well, by this time, the captain was furious, and he demanded, I'm a battleship. Change course 20 degrees. The reply, I'm a lighthouse. You make the call. (laughs) See, without Christ, we are like ships lost out on an open sea in dense fog, just groping for that eternal shore waiting for someone to dispel the darkness with the light of salvation. And Christ has provided the light in the darkness of our doomed existence so you and I can be rescued from eternal destruction. So here's a question. Are you walking in the light today or are you still in the darkness? Do you need to change your course? You see, Jesus brings life into our deadness and light into our darkness. Notice in Acts number three, light engages witnessing, witnesses. It's interesting how the apostle John seems to break the flow of the passage. It's like you're reading along and all of a sudden he's introducing us to someone. His name is John the Baptist. Verses six through eight, there was a man sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him he was not the light but came to bear witness about the light and here's why i think he started talking about john the baptist it's because god's way of letting the light of christ shine in our dark world today is through human witnesses according to matthew 5:16 jesus has called us to be witnesses of the light as we interact with those still living in darkness. Jesus said in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I love it when people tell me how God is blessing their efforts to intentionally live on mission as they follow the nudges of the Holy Spirit. Here's an excerpt from a recent email I received, quote, For some time now, I have felt a leading to be more Christ-visible where he works out. One solution would be Jesus-focused t-shirts. Well, most I found were too busy, and I feared the message would not be immediately grasped through a casual glance, until I discovered this one. Simple, straightforward, and all about Jesus. I bought two and I've worn them four times. When I followed up with him, he told me he now has five of those shirts, one for each day of the week. And then he describes some gospel conversations he's already had, including an opportunity to recommend a book of the Bible for a man to study. This is how he ended his email. I offered to join him in a Bible study. I pray that it happens. Small steps, baby steps, really, but I pray for more open doors. I I don't want to be viewed simply as a good guy, a nice guy. I want to be clearly identified with Jesus through words, actions, and yes, my t-shirts. This member who's here tonight is living as light. And we're called to do the same, church, in our context, to be intentional about it. And one way we can do that, most of you received an invitation for our Christmas Eve services is to give that invitation to someone else. I have those with me wherever I go and I was able to hand out two on Wednesday, three on Thursday, and today I was in Geneseo and was able to pass one out. Now another way to be a light in our community is by participating in curbside Christmas This is an outreach we do for our community every December. As you know, there's a lot of people hurting in our community. Here's how it works. You simply buy items and drop them off here this coming Tuesday between 3 and 6 o'clock. You just pull up under the portico and our women's ministry team will collect those items and then we'll distribute them to various organizations and ministries in the Quad Cities. Let me give you an example or an idea of who we're supporting. Pregnancy Resources will be giving gift bags to women. Youth Hope. Monetary gifts, so checks or cash, and that will be used to buy Christmas presents for the kids who go to Youth Hope. They also have a food pantry so you could can bring canned food. Active day adult health care, hygiene products, and Walmart gift cards. We're also supporting the domestic abuse shelter for women, and they need women and children's socks and gloves and blankets, and a prison ministry that we have. They're asking for men's socks. and So those are just some of the items. There's a complete list on uh, out at the Welcome Center if you want to pick up a printed one or jump on our website or app. Jesus brings life into our darkness or deadness and light into our darkness. Number four, light is available to everyone. Oh, would you allow verse nine into your minds and into your heart? The true light. Which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. The rabbis used the word light as a name for the Messiah. So when John used the phrase true light, well, that would have got their attention because he was connecting Jesus to the promised Messiah as foretold 700 years earlier in the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 2 the people who walked in darkness. Have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. So here's the idea of walking in darkness it's somebody who's walking in the dark and they're stumbling, they're tripping, they're falling, they're running into different things. Why? Well, because they're walking in the dark. And while people walk in the dark, all of a sudden, this verse says, a great light appears. A great light starts shining into the deep darkness. Friends, we can't find that light on our own, so the light comes to us. So watch this Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, applies Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, directly to Jesus Christ. So look at Matthew. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light and for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. He's talking about Jesus. Interestingly, in Isaiah 9, verse 2, the people walked in darkness and now they're dwelling in darkness. The idea is you dabble in darkness, you do that too long, you start dwelling in darkness. That's what's happening to people. It can happen to you and I, You can start by walking in darkness and, well, then end up living in darkness. Darkness in the Bible is often a symbol of divine judgment. Exodus chapter 10 says there were three days of darkness that could be felt. I wonder what that was like. That happened in Egypt before the first Passover lamb was slain. And then as you may recall, there were three hours of darkness before the lamb of God died for the sins of the world when he was on the cross dark from 12 to 3 in the afternoon. So the ninth plague of darkness preceded the killing of the firstborn and deep darkness proclaimed the death of God's firstborn son. Listen to Mark 15, 33, and when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. Pitch black. I wonder if it was as if God the Father placed his hands over the sun And said, son, you shall not shine on my son while he becomes the substitute sacrifice for the sins of the entire world. Check this out. At the birth of Jesus, a supernatural star ascended to light the way for the Magi. And at his death, supernatural darkness descended in the middle of the day. His birth announcement was a display of brightness at midnight and the notification of his death was deep darkness at midday. One pastor said it like this, Christ is no simple spark in the darkness. He drives out the darkness. Jesus is not a candle in a cave. He is the sun burning away the gloom and the shadows of evil. So Jesus brings life into our and light into our darkness. So let's review. Life brings light. Light exposes darkness, light engages witnesses, and light is available to everyone, including you tonight. If you're here or engaging online or listening later. Whenever I hear about Jesus being the light of Christmas, I remember a traumatic event that I had when I was about eight years old, when I tangled with darkness. I've shared this before, but it's worth repeating. My bedroom was down in the basement. That was good. I had four sisters, so I got to get away from my sisters. I liked living down in the basement, but it was dark, really dark. And I was normally pretty adept at finding my way around in the dark, and I liked the challenge of not turning lights on, and particularly if I had to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. I still remember my route. I'd get out of bed, I'd turn, open the door, I'd turn right, I'd go through some curtains, there was a freezer on my right, I kept walking, there were shells on my left, there's a water heater here, and here's the furnace, my dad's workbench, I turned right, there was a wood pile there, there was like ductwork hanging, so I'd feel the ductwork until I'd get into the bathroom. And I could do all of that in the dark. That's more information than you wanted to know, I know. <laughs> But one night, I woke up to use the bathroom, but without realizing it, I'd gotten out of my bed on the wrong side. So instead of finding the door, I'm just feeling paneling, and I'm like, where's the door? I was panicked. I was terrified. I thought my sisters had paneled me in in the middle of the night. I don't know if you've ever been so scared and so afraid that you just start screaming. That was me. I just started screaming, top of my lungs. And I could hear my dad coming down the stairs, and it was behind me. I was so confused. I thought the stairs were that way, and then my door was here. My dad opened the door and turned the light on. I'll never forget how glad I was to get out of the darkness. I wonder, are you ready tonight to just say I'm done living in the darkness. I keep keep hitting my head. I keep running into things. I keep stumbling. I keep making a mess of things. And maybe you're at the point of desperation. You're like, all right, I can't do this on my own. Life is way too hard. I wonder if you're ready to move from darkness to light, from deadness to life. A young man was saved last weekend. I wonder who God will save by his grace for his glory this weekend. Listen again to the words from the Born Unto Us song that the Edge Kids just sang. Born unto us, the gift of salvation. Born unto us, love's revelation. Behold the one, God's only son. That song is based on Isaiah 9, 6, which reads this way, for to us. That phrase is repeated twice. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Fast forward, Luke chapter two, verse 11. The angel of the Lord delivers an announcement to the shepherds for unto you. You see what's happened? It's gone from plural to personal. It's gone from in Isaiah to us, to Luke, unto you, so, it's one thing to say Jesus died for the sins of the world. It's another thing to say he died for me. You see, Jesus was born to the whole world, but he was also born on to you. Christmas is his story, but it must become your story. So, is he Savior to you? Is he Christ? To you, is He Lord? To you, Corey Ten Boom put it like this: If Jesus were born one thousand times in Bethlehem and not in me, then I would still be lost. Oh, would you hear the plea of Jesus? John twelve forty six tells us why He came. I've come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. John 16, 33, believe in the light that you may become sons of the light. And if you're ready tonight to be transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, you could pray this prayer with me. Would you close your eyes? And you could just pray this quietly if if you're ready and if you mean it, if you want to move from deadness to life, from darkness to light. Jesus, I'm tired of dwelling in the dark. And I confess that my sinfulness has me just stumbling through life. And I repent of how I've been living. Thank you for coming into our world and for dying on the cross as my substitute and for being raised on the third day. I believe you are Lord, you are life, and you are light. And I now receive you into my life please save me from my sins and give me what I need to live under your leadership for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.